Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. We're back with more of the Score Overnight Special, Remembering Les Grobstein. Here's another classic Grobber moment on the Score. There's your Super Bowl, Grobber, for me anyway. San Francisco and New England. What do you know for the Super Bowl this year, Grobber? Uh, still, still working on okay, things. Okay, so you're invited over, man. Still working on things that I'm not at liberty to talk about yet. Really? Yeah. Are you going someplace? Maybe? you're going. Not at liberty to talk about. Uh, oh, you might be going to the Super Bowl. Not at liberty to talk. Oh, who's singing at the Super Bowl this year? That would be Bruno Mars. <laughs> You're going to the Super Bowl. Bruno, over here. Where but did you learn your dance move? All right, so you're going to the Super Bowl. I am not at liberty to tell. Will, will you drop it? I'm dead serious. I just want to know. I mean, if you're gone, I think that's cool. I think we should make this announcement. Right there now. is no announcement. The drop morning. the subject. I'm dead serious. Okay. It's done. Nothing you, more to talk about. You said you were going, though. I did not. Okay. I mean, I I mean, I just pulled this out of thin air. I could have sworn you said that. Um, no, I didn't. Okay. And I'm not saying it okay. now either. All right. But you don't know what you're doing on the Super Bowl, though? Like, in terms uh, of, like. Shut up. <laughs> um, okay. So you want to know the uh, ugly athletes that popped to mind for me when you were doing that topic? So you got, um, in this, back to this Super Bowl thing. Is in New York? You guys suck. That means knock it off. See, what I got out of it that time was that we were talking about ugly athletes. <laughs> See, that is the essence all rolled into one two-minute cut right there. Just the, the beautiful back and forth and the fact that we were talking about, apparently we were talking about ugly athletes, which turned into Super Bowl talk, which turned into Les getting very angry with me because he clearly had some scam going, trying to either go to the to the Super Bowl or I, I don't know what he was trying to do, and he didn't probably didn't want our next guest to to hear us discussing that. Mitch Rosen runs the score. He runs BetQL. He joins us on the score right now. And that, I mean, that was the essence, right, Mitch? Like, he was, he, he, he didn't want you to know what he was concocting, trying to get himself to the Super Bowl that year, apparently. I don't want to talk about it. Don't talk about <laughs> it. No, hey, uh, good morning, Marky. Hey, and good morning to all the uh, scoreheads uh, listening. What a night it's been. I uh, started listening around 2 or 2.30, and just a, a great salute and testament to our dear friend and, and colleague and teammate who passed away, you know, a year ago yesterday. And I know you and I, you know, remember that uh, day and, and night and uh, just incredible, incredible. But that story, yeah, we, you know, Les would always go and, and, you know, as everything else, you know, you watch budgets and things like that. So he would go on his own. But the problem there was we never were sure from a technical standpoint how it would sound. So, you know, the year before we had major issues wherever the Super Bowl was the year before. So I said, Les, I don't want to take the chance of you getting there and it not sounding good. So we were kind of in a holding pattern and weren't sure if he was going, you know, from a technical standpoint. So I said, lay low and, you know, don't promote on the air that you're going to be somewhere that you might not be. So that was the story behind the story on the Super Bowl situation on the audio you just played. Yeah, well, you know, I put you, Mitch, along with, you know, some of the people that we talked to tonight. There are a, a club of people that uh, are friends with Les that are in this business even that we understand Les. Like we, well, we don't, I don't know if we understand him, 
but we 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 get it. We like being around him. We 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 like the hyperbole that is Les Grobstein, and you were in that group as well. But what is the the genesis of your relationship with him? When did you hire him? When did you first hear him? Tell us of your because you've had vast experiences in this town doing radio. Tell us, give us the Grobber timeline with Mitch Rosen. Yeah, you know it goes uh, it goes way back. I'm trying to think. It was probably to the AM loop. I worked with a overnight host by the name of Eddie Schwartz. And I think around 89 or, or 90, Eddie and I moved from WGN Radio to the Loop, the AM Loop. And um, Les was associated there, I think, with Stephen Gary and Kevin Matthews. So that's when I, I first met Les and started working with him. And I think we'd put him on with Eddie uh, once in a while. And then we became a sports station, uh, AM 1000 and WMVP, and, and we started working together and became friendly, and, and Les started doing late nights and overnights, and we became friends. And then when I went to the score, we did not have a live overnight show. I think we ran syndication, and then you know some of your friends uh, produced and decided to put the mic on once in a while and didn't tell anybody. But, um, yeah, so we had that, and then – you know, I thought, hey, wouldn't it be great to bring the grabber on? I remember calling him on a Friday afternoon, and Les Hart, good, how are you? And I said, great. I said, I've got a crazy idea. And after, without even getting the words out of my mouth, he said, I'll be there Monday night, ready to go. And, um, you know, score overnights were, you know, recreated. And uh, uh-huh. it was, you know, the great thing about Les was, you know, always communicating no matter what time of the day. You know, you never knew when he was sleeping. So, we always tried to call or communicate after, you know, like one or two in the afternoon because that's when you figure he would take a nap. But a lot of times he would be up early, whether, you know, it would be, you know, seeing Kathy or taking Kathy's dad to the doctor or, or seeing yeah. his other family members or doing, you know, what normal people did at normal hours. But, you know, so the, the, the great thing about Les, too, and, and he built a great friendship and relationship with so many people, whether it was, David Schuster or Bruce Levine, who both spoke at his funeral a year ago, it, it was the relationships. And everybody knew Les was quirky and kind of, you know, did things his own way. You and I both know that. But there was a heart behind him. There was a special person behind him. But how I really think about Les was his relationship with the audience that he built overnight so many years. And, and I always say that I said this when Boars retired, and I say this about our medium, which is audio and, and radio. You know, performers like you, Mark, and on-air hosts, you don't know anybody really that's listening. You might meet a listener once in a while, but everybody knows you. Think about that, that the massive amount of people that are working now or police officers or whoever's driving around, they're listening to you right now, but you don't know, you know, people out there. So, I think what Les did was build relationships with the audience that you just, you know, you can't describe in, in everyday life. And I think that's what our medium does. And I think that's what Les uh, did every night. It's what our medium does. And it's particularly intimate in, in the overnight when it's it does feel, yep. it's feel, it may not be smaller, but it feels smaller, but in the good way, smaller, you know? Right. I think it's intimate. I think you use that word. It's, it's intimate, you know, overnight, you know, it's dark outside. And again, whether you're working or you can't sleep or you get up to go to the bathroom or something's on your mind and you have insomnia, whatever it is, it's an intimate audience. And I think that's what, uh, you know, Les brought to this. And I think, you know, he brought humor. He brought, he was entertaining. And at times he could be serious, you know, when the Packers beat the Bears uh, many times. So, you know, I think that's what he, he brought to this and, and brought to the audience. And, and again, it's still hard to believe it's, uh, it's been a year, which it was uh, a year ago yesterday. But I also think the audience should know the relationship that you built over the years. I mean, you started, I think, really getting close to him when he came to the score. And, and then when you really started at the score full time and contributing and being part of the family at the score. And I think it was special when you two built that bond. And you could really tell, I think, I called you and informed you that he passed away. And I know you and I drove out to his funeral together and and we drove back to the city it was uh, it was a hard day for both of us but i could really see it in your face and, and, and the friendship that you built over the years with Les. 
Yeah, and and I and I'm, I appreciate that, and I'm glad that you appreciated it as well. And I know you got to be, you got a front row seat for some of those grobber grody transitions before we turn it over to Molly and Hanley or to Molly and Haw. And they were something. They were something, and there was definitely a core of people that wanted to listen to that every day, just because. It like we talk about all of our transitions on the score going in any direction. It's a beautiful thing, but man, did it go in some wild directions. And you <laughs> would always provoke the situation too, because you'd be like, "Ask him about this place, or ask less about this deli," <laughs> or giving me ammunition. Uh, I think I would. Um, I was kind of the secret uh, text uh, producer to you <laughs> during those transitions, and yes. once in a while throw out a Yiddish uh, bomb your way, and I think you'd oh, shock yeah. him with your Yiddish words or, oh, you know, yeah. a deli that closed 20 years ago in, uh, you know, on Devon Avenue in Rogers Park, and he'd be shocked that you'd pull that out of your you-know-what. So, yeah, <laughs> you know. I mean, we'd have some, you know, we'd have some definite fun with him. And, you know, it's just sad, you know, how quick uh, it, it happened. You know, he had the flu for a couple of days, and we talked every day, and then, you know, what happened, uh, you know, him passing so quickly. But just the audience and, and how much fun and, and you know, our whole staff, um, you know, how much they loved and appreciated him. And people really did. And, and the outpouring of support, not just locally, but nationally, we saw when he passed away from all the teams, how well and, and well-respected all the professional teams in town treated him. We saw with the Blackhawks and the Bulls and the Bears and, yeah. and the baseball teams did in the press boxes and, you know, set up a, a beautiful shrine at each of those uh, teams on respective nights and, and his memory and in a couple of weeks ago, you know, at the Northwestern game, I know you were there and his son yeah. Scott and, and Les used to um, uh, do what was it Northwestern DePaul every year. He used to yep. give out an MVP award after the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And so Scott was there and he was able to honor a player for North Northwestern that day. So yeah, of course, Les was in the middle of all that. I mean, he loved local college hoops, man, like that, like that in baseball, like one in one a, I would say like of his loves and also Grover, or Grover, Mitch, how about, how about like, what's really the, one of the nice parts about all of this is getting to know some family members of love less grobstein you know you mentioned uh, some of those guys but getting to know yeah. like we had scott i don't know if you heard scott you probably were actually getting your sleep then but you should listen to scott grobstein because it's it just just great how vulnerable he allows himself to be and getting to know him and getting to commiserate with somebody who and grobs scott kind of sees less the way you and i do as as this character who's hard to explain you know yeah, listen, it, it, Scott and I have become very close in, in, in the last year, and I really didn't know Scott uh, up until uh, Les's passing. You know, Scott and his family, um, you know, two sons, and he just, you know, this was a lot for him to take on um, quickly. Also, Les's sister, Holly, you know, yeah. again, didn't know yeah. Holly, but uh, some interesting stories along the way, and, and she works in the media business from a sales standpoint and client standpoint, but this is a terrific person and great stories about her, but yes, definitely getting to know the family and um, Scott, um, you know, talking about his relationship with Les and, you know, the famous yeah. story of what flying to Alaska and then flying back to a Super Bowl or something. Those, <laughs> those are father son stories, but to share those with the audience it has been incredible. And, you know, all the uh, the friends that you learn and, you know, still friends with his high school friends and, and everything like that, Mark, is uh, is, is really incredible in, in the life of, of Les. No, no doubt about it, man. Did you ever have to discipline Les in, in all of your years or any? Was there ever anything that he did or got in trouble for, like that's kind of on the record? Uh, nothing on the record uh, I can oh, talk okay. about. No, oh, Les, okay. no, Les, listen, um, we all make mistakes in life, but Les was uh, just <laughs> terrific to work with. Um, you know, looking back at his life, he uh, it, it was just great. You knew at midnight or even earlier, obviously, sometimes that you turn that uh, radio on through uh, however you did it, listening on the app or the clock radio, you know, next to, uh, you know, next to your bed, Les would be there. And um, I think Potash earlier said, 
uh, you never thought that, you know, that would end. And it ended a year ago yesterday. And uh, it was just incredible, um, you know, in, in his life and what he meant to Chicago and really the nation uh, to have an overnight show. And, and, you know, we do our best to continue that with, um, you know, great content from the day before. And we're going to continue that later this week and next week. And, and with you doing this tonight, it's just been incredible. So, yeah. you know, I'll leave it there. I'll let you talk to callers. I think it's more important to hear from fans are less than somebody like me, but I just wanted to a thank the audience most importantly for the support and listening uh, throughout the years. And thank you uh, for working tonight. I know you've got a long day ahead covering the press conference. Like you said, we'll air at noon today, but just yeah. uh, thanks for being you, uh, Mark. And uh, I know Les really, really appreciated your friendship over the years. Well, Mitch, I appreciate yours as well, and thank you for coming on as always, and thanks for being part of this uh, this elite grobber club that we are all in. Thanks, Mitch. Well, thank you, Mark. I know you say elite, but the truth is it was really uh, his audience. So it could yeah. be a, a fun little group of friends, but like I said, Les really didn't know anybody out there in listener land, but everybody really knew Les. <laughs> yes, they did. He tried to meet as many people as he possibly could. So we'll keep we'll keep carrying on here until five, Mitch. Thanks, man. All right. See you, Marky. Take care. Yep. Yep. That's uh Mitch Rosen, the the boss of the score. He runs uh, BetQL. He is Odyssey, ladies and gentlemen. Um and uh yeah, no, I mean the things that like like those little, it's just those little moments, those fragile moments of because even though it's morning drive, like right now, it's for it's it feels very delicate, and that's the way it was when you'd come in to do like when I would come in and do the morning doing the updates for Molly and Hanley or Molly and Haw, and it's just it's like everybody's sort of doing their own thing because it's the overnight and uh, it's you're tired and all of that kind of stuff. And then, then, but then in the middle of it all, there's Les doing his overnight show. And then I would jump on with Les. And it was all this, like, nice little undercard to the morning show. Like this weird, wonderful undercard. Whether I was doing it with him or not, I mean, just Les in general is, is what that was. So it was gorgeous. It was. Um, three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. We we do have to get back to your calls. I've only got about another forty minutes or so. So three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Uh, Molly and Hawk coming up at six or five thirty. They've got the pick six at six though. They've got Brad Biggs at seven. Dave Wanstead with uh the double truck. He's got a two segments for Wani, as he should have. Um, that's starting at 7.44. Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk at 8.44 as well. So uh, we are here, 312-644-6767. I'm Mark Grody at Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. We're back with more of the Score Overnight Special, Remembering Les Grobstein. Here's another classic Grobber moment on The Score. Let's look forward to Brunner's uh, on second base when the 10th inning begins this coming baseball season. It's going to make the game more exciting, man. I think the person that came up with that idea, which I, I'll, I'll blame uh, Manfred as much as anybody, uh, uh, that, that thing sucks. It sucks, and it freebases. That's what I think of that rule. <laughs> you know, I, I'm learning from a lot of the audio we played tonight on this Les Grobstein Memorial Show that... Mac and Grobber were pretty hilarious together, too. Like, because all Mac wanted to do was laugh at Les the whole time he was there. And Les took everything so seriously, so seriously, like just right there. And if you know Mac, and I know a lot of you do from listening to him for so many years, you know that there's no way that Mac would have the capacity for any length of time to probably do radio with Les Grobstein. Like he just wouldn't be able to. We talk about insulting sensibilities. That's ultimately what would have happened with Dan McNeil and Les Grobstein. But... Those little bits are just hilarious, and that's where I derived my theory I just gave you from listening to those bits that those two would not be able to survive ultimately <laughs> because 
Matt could only hold off for so long and saying that some of what he was saying was just god awful, and it just it wouldn't have worked. So that's why I like doing these Les Grobstein tribute shows and honoring Les Grobstein because, and and listening to all the cuts because it it, tr- it truly I think of something different now from every cut. And like that I derive from it and wondering about something that was going on because as as time gets, you know, a little bit further along, there are other things that you you wanna sort of decipher and figure out from these cuts. It is true. One thing that I have deciphered here was who was it to- oh, it was Scott. Well we had Scott Grobstein on, um, starting at twelve ten and he was just terrific. But he was talking about a 1991 playoff game, Bears playoff game that Les, his dad, took him to, but Les was working, and he he put him in the the Cowboys section apparently, um, so he was <laughs> he was around all Cowboys fans. But I I got to be honest with you, and I do think of myself as a bit of a Bears historian. I had forgotten that the Bears were in the playoffs in 1991 because. That was right before the roof caved in with Ditka in his final year and the first year of the score, coincidentally. Um, I was that, there. Yeah, yeah, Les was there. And I and I just had forgotten about it. So I, I just opened up the box score. There's a, a Grobber box score breakdown like we used to do last year. Um, and the Cowboys did beat the Bears that day 17 17- to 13 Ditka against Jimmy Johnson and for all you youngsters out there yes Jimmy Johnson was a coach long before he did anything as a broadcaster so yeah it was those two guys going at it the Bears lose 17 to 13 um let's see here Emmett Smith had a one-yard touchdown run uh Kevin Butler had a 19-yard field goal he had a 43-yard field goal um, wow, how about this? Tom Waddle, six-yard pass from Jim Harbaugh. The extra point was good, but the Bears fall short 17-13. to 13. And they, no, no, that was a superstar era for the Dallas Cowboys, man. It's and a that, newer type of uh, situation. That was the mantle being, or the torch, the baton, the baton. Let's go baton. That was the baton being passed on. I didn't even realize. See? I didn't even think about that, but the the Bears, their run really came to an end after that, and de- boy, did they ever hand the baton to Dallas you know, right there in that playoff game. And I know San Fran had a say in the 90s as well in the NFC, but yeah, that, that was definitely just, uh, the the passing of the of the baton um trying to see if there's any other interest harbaugh that day by the way jim harbaugh yeah that's another thing harbaugh used to play for the and he was captain comeback with the colts jim harbaugh was 22 of 44 for 218 yards had a touchdown two picks sacked three times for 11 yards as well yeah jim harbaugh was always just meh with the Bears, and then when he went to the Colts, he had a nice little run with the Indianapolis Colts. He was Captain Comeback, which I thought was one of the kookiest nicknames ever. Like, I would have hated that. You're Captain Comeback. It just sounds ridiculous. But that's what they called him, Captain Comeback, and he was really good for a while with the Colts, and I was, you know, I'm like right in the pinnacle of my fandom then. I was just pissed at him. I was like, why couldn't you have done that with the Bears? And, you know, there's this whole, like, I showed them, and, you know, Ditka yelled that Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines so he kind of felt like I'm like dude why do you got to be like that why couldn't you just been good with the Bears so yeah that's that's my my Jim Harbaugh story um 312-644-6767 and uh boy I get back to some of these calls here let's go to DC on the south side what's up DC you're on the score all right how you doing this morning I'm well how are you I'm peaceful. I want to give some thanks to my veteran brothers. I always start off, I'm a vet, so I always start off with my Jesse Brown and Hines patients. I always want to give them thanks because we we do have insomnia and we up at night. (laughs) So, with that DC, thanks for what you do, man. Thanks for being a veteran. Thanks for serving this country. I appreciate you. So, what's on your mind? Thank you, man. I want to give some honor to Les, man. Les made us Chicagoans feel like uh, we belong. I mean, uh, 
the conversations he used to have, it wasn't national. It always felt like he was in your neighborhood. He knew your neighborhood. He'd been there before. He <laughs> yep. was so uh, upfront in how we feel about what the team is going through. If it's the Bears, the Blackhawks, the Bulls, it don't make a difference. Chicago is diehard. Les was diehard. Uh, he was the encyclopedia of the history of sports and the best storyteller that I've ever encountered. Um, I haven't called the station in a long time. And when he passed, I stopped. Uh, you brought that, brought that back to me. Uh, you have the charisma that Les has passed on. And I want to thank you as well. And um, in honor Les, the grobster, that's my man. Love. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well said, DC. Thank you so much for calling, and uh, thanks for the for the kind words to Les and, and about me too. Thank you, DC. Let's go to Mark in Evanston. Mark, you're on the score. Hey, good morning, Mark. Good morning. Um, hey, I, I've got a good story about Les very quickly, but I wanted to ask you, I was hoping Mitch was going to be on the line still, um, what are the intentions for overnight at this point? I think that the the intentions are what's been going on that we carry the the highlights and the best interviews from the previous day. So I'll, I'll be honest with you, I have no idea if it's anything beyond that right now. That would be a question for Mister Mister Rosen. Yeah, yeah, because Amy Lawrence is. Well, I hear her. I turn it off. I can't take. She thinks she's doing a morning show or something. I'm not sure. Anyway. <laughs> As far as Steve and Gary go, this is how I met okay. Les. I always right. had heard him for years or whatever they could. Hey, hey, Mark, I, w- I want to hear the story. Can you can you guys put Mark back on hold and straighten out his line? Okay. Um, in the meantime, maybe we go to Kevin in Westridge. Hi, Kevin. You're on the score. Hi. Good morning. Um, you know, I'm going to start off by saying that I am from Westridge tonight. I'm here. Usually I used to call less when I was on the road driving to Cedar Rapids, Iowa for a job overnights. But, you know, I just heard Mitch talking about Bond Avenue, which is exactly where I'm at. And that's <laughs> one thing I always loved about Les. He always used to tell everybody where they're coming from and where they're calling from. And one of the things that I want to designate about Les is what the city did for him. They designated a whole day to him. And for me, you know, and bear with me, I've got a little bit of a cold here, but I'm going to get this out. Thank you, Mark. I just yeah. wanted to say that, um, you know, to see that the city recognized less. I mean, less than Chet, you know, topic. They were everything in sports when I was a kid growing up. I used to see them in, in the, you know, Soldier Field and so on and so forth. So to hear Mitch talk about him tonight and um, Les's girlfriend and his son, it's a wonderful thing. And, and matter of fact, I haven't called for a year. The last time I called the score was the last night Les was on, which was January 9th. And Les used to, you know, open up the phone and let me talk a little bit about NFL insights. And, you know, Les didn't always agree with all of his callers, obviously. Everybody knows that. And I was kind of the guy that was, you know, pushing um, the Andy Dalton issue early. Like, we need to have Andy in there and, you know, leave Justin for later. And then I would, you know, he'd argue with me. But on week 19 last year, I remember the conversation clearly that we talked about how week 18 was a great week for the NFL because – Jacksonville beat Indianapolis in the playoffs and that the teams usually on the last week of the season were just kind of slack, but right. this year they didn't. And again, uh-huh. this year, what happened? Houston beat Indianapolis to kick them out of the playoffs. Second year in a row for Indy. And I wanted to call less because the first thing I thought of when I read that, that Houston won that I'm going to call and tell them now you got to love lovey, right? You got to love lovey. <laughs> No, yeah. I don't have to love Lovey. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Never I, don't love I don't care what you say. I don't have to love I don't have to love him if I don't want to. <laughs> exactly right. And one other thing I'd like to share with you is that your producer Sean Sears is a wonderful man. So was Les. I used to know him from all the radio guys that I used to hang out with back in the day. And oh, nice. boy, Les can pull your ear. You'd start with one topic and you'd be five other topics down the road within twenty minutes. You'd look at him going, How the hell did we start talking? What do we start talking about? <laughs> so thank you very much for tonight. Thank you again, uh, Mark. Uh, Everybody put this together. We greatly appreciate his listeners, and we all miss Les and the city. All of us are better for him being in our lives. Thank you. Oh, man, that's uh, touching, Kevin. Thank you so much. I appreciate your call and the words, and what a what a terrific call. What a, what, 
I think all of the calls have been terrific tonight, as as a matter of fact. I mean, man, you know, it's another really weird thing. If Kevin is right that Les's last day on air was January 9th, man, it's weird, man. It's my birthday. That's my birthday. So I guess easy for me to remember and just a little bit more of that weird, you know, synergy or chemistry that that lesson I had like like I said I I always I knew in high school that I was destined to meet Les Grobstein and you know or hopefully work with him you know because that's got to be the goal right if you're in if you're I was in broadcasting my goal was to work in Chicago and and I assumed that that would happen and that I would work with Les Grobstein one day and yes and lo and behold it it went down it happened we have Mark back what's up Mark and Mark and Evanston we were losing you on the phone, and you were just about to tell us a good Grobber story, weren't you? Hey, yeah. Can you hear me now? Sound good, man. Okay. Um, I was driving one afternoon, and uh, I see even towards me. I knew what they looked like. <clears throat> I had never known what Grob looked like, but, of course, everybody knows him by his voice. Yeah. And the three of them were in a full uh, something or other. Hey, Sean, food. I think we're going to have to straighten that. Uh, you know, we're going to have to. I hate, I hate to do this, Mark, but we're going to probably have to forego your your call this morning. It's just, it's, it's just, it's just breaking up all over the place. We try, we try, Tom in Mc, Tom and McHenry. Well, Tom, how are you, man? Hey, Grody, what do you say? Nothing, man. What's um, up? All right. I just want to tell you, I'm 66, and I'm listening to the Les Grobstein tribute at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> You're awesome. You're the best, man. Long-time caller. Long-time caller. I've been listening to Les since uh, Larry Lujak days and, and the Bob Verde days. Oh, that's awesome. So, uh, yeah, I got a couple of good stories, too. Um, I used to dread calling and when Tom from Algonquin was in front of me because I'd be sitting there on hold while they were going at it about whatever. And I was like, oh, no, it's not Tom from Algonquin. <laughs> or else you know what that reminds uh... me of? I don't know why I'm picturing that scene in, in Dumb and Dumber where the two are going back and forth singing the song, and then the cop is, like, completely irritated. Like, that's you. You're on hold having to listen to these yes. two have some inane argument, right? Well, you couldn't get rid of them. But <laughs> I couldn't get rid of him. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think it was Tom from Stone Park also. Okay. Uh, missed, yeah. Missed him. And, and Tracy. Uh, this has been uh, quite a jump. I, I found out about it at the last minute. Oh, but, um, nice. Yeah. But I want to tell you what we used to go at it with was the game where Brent Brown dropped the ball. Oh, really? I was at, I was at the whole series. It was up in Milwaukee back in '98. Uh-huh. I had tickets to all three games, and I was on the Cubs side, which was the visiting dugout. And I Les was not at the game, but I was, and I had a perfect view of the ball. And I insisted that it was a line drive, or more of a line drive, and it hit the palm of Brant Brown's glove and bounced out. Well, Les insisted that it was a fly ball, not a line drive. And I said, no, I was there. It was more of a liner <laughs> than, than a fly. And a couple of times we, uh, you know, we got into it about it, and it was just hilarious. That's so funny. So, See, now uh, you're making me want to go back and, and watch the play to see what the exact trajectory was um, of yeah, that devastating Brant Brown drop. Yeah, And it uh, arced to the left. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Brant Brown. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it was an arc to the left, and Brant Brown ran over, and it, it hit the palm and bounced out. Oh. And we yeah. all know how Mike. We all know how Mike North used to rub it in and play uh, Ron Sano's uh, radio call. Oh, but the radio call was classic, though. Classic stuff. I mean, that's, that's a but, that's uh, another that's another whole memorial there, Ron Santo. You know the the stories abound about him, but um, I, I could go on. I could go on about Ronnie. Yeah. I, I had a, I had a relationship with Ronnie. I, I used to yell as loud as I could at the games. I would walk up the ramp. And I would scream out, yay, Ronnie. And I'd do it very loud. And he would open the door and wave to me at the press box. Wow, okay. All right. I mean, you got his attention. Hey, man, thanks for calling. Yeah, hey, I appreciate you calling, man. I've I've got to take a break here, though. I mean, like, hey, I know, I know. I'm probably committing grobber phone etiquette sin by cutting callers off like that because Les Grobstein, you know, as Greenberg was saying, like the the callers would have to let Les go. Like, hey, uh, Les, uh, I got to go. That was me with Les. Like I remember many uh, times where I would do an evening show, whether solo or with somebody, and Les would kind of, hey, uh, you mind sticking around for a segment? And then, you know, it'd be like 2.15 and uh, – I'd be walking home out of there because Les would have sucked me into like, how about just do one more? How about just stay till the top of the hour? Now you can't leave because we were like too in deep on something. So remember many a times, many, a, many a like, it's such a weird time, the, the 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. walking home and, yeah, that was that's it, it does stand out in my memories for sure. Uh three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. More of your calls coming up talking about Les Grobstein. We'll hook you up on what's going down on the Mully and Haw show. And don't worry, we've had a couple of text requests. We will get to the three technique as well. It's all coming up in Chicago Sports Radio six seventy the score. We're back with more of the Score Overnight Special, Remembering Les Grobstein. Here's another classic Grobber moment on the score. Do not congratulate the opponent. I don't care if it's a Fex teammate during a game. Oh, That's no. bull. Do it after the game. I totally agree with that. Before the game, you want to say hi, whatever. During the game, you're congratulating a guy for picking off your quarterback's pass? Complete garbage. Sorry. What the hell's gotten into athletes in this day and age? They just realize that it's not life and death. You're trying to beat this team's brains in and trying to beat them. You don't congratulate them for doing They're taking money out of your pocket. They're trying to do something that could end up keeping you either out of the playoffs or get you a lower seat or cost you the division title. I, I disagree. I think it's okay that then he you're shook full his of hand. crap, too. You're all full of crap. You don't do that during a game and congratulate the other team for making a play that's hurting you. That pisses me off. I don't care. How did it hurt the game? It, How did it hurt the Bears? That's, what hurt him? The Bears is the guy intercepted a pass. He helped his team and he hurt your team. But I'm saying, what did the shake? I mean, that's that's a that's a grabber commandment. If there was the grabber commandments, teams hobnobbing, hanging out before or after games. Thou shalt not is what Grobber would say. 
Thou shall not do that. Oh, man. 312-644-6767. We've been uh, celebrating Les Grobstein, the Les Grobstein Memorial Show. The We lost Les yesterday, a year ago yesterday. And so we've been having a blast over the last five hours just talking about Les and spraying in a little bit of sports. But, man, it's been mostly Les. We have been sustained. See, man, the overnight vibe that Les Grobstein, not only did he have the vibe, but he has passed it down to us that, oh, if it's not less, if we could talk about less, that's kind of radio goal, too. So um, Molly and Haw are coming up here in just a little bit. They will have the pick six at 6 o'clock. Brad Biggs talking Bears at 7 o'clock at 7.44. Two segments with Dave Wanstead. Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk at 844, all coming up on the Molly and Haw Show starting at 530 this morning. Let's go to Brian in Calumet City. I think I'm going to like this one. Brian, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing? I'm, I'm well. How are you? I'm good. I'm just thinking about Les, and uh, I've listened to him for a long time. And uh, uh, he was having one night, he was having this, like, the show wasn't going the right way. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw another uh, something in there. And I brought up the 85 Bears Super Bowl run. And uh-huh. they they lost the game to the Dolphins. And I was talking about Marino and Les just, he, the, after I said what I said, he just went off. And it was the greatest thing I ever seen. Well, he went because you were you were antagonizing him about the Dolphins beating the Bears. Yeah, game. I was kind of rubbing in a little bit, but he. But the end of the conversation was, they won the Super Bowl, didn't they? Ah, yeah, right, right, you, and they yeah. sure did. That's the win. He eviscerated. But he was you. going on about that game. How? Oh man, every he went through like every play in like two minutes. All right. I mean, and he never gave was... me a moment even to speak because he just knew he was he knew everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, man. That was. I'll tell you what, man. That that game though, it it stood out like it was just a train wreck for the Bears it was. in terms of how yes. they were defending, and then Buddy Ryan and Mike Ditka getting into it on the sideline, like every like yep. the whole for one night of the mighty Chicago Bears, it all yes. came undone. You know, it did. Yeah, it did. Sure did. Thanks, thanks for the call, my friend. Take care. I appreciate it. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. I, I, yeah. These, these calls are just hilarious. Um, one of the funniest Les Krobstein moments. I mean, it probably, yeah. I would say it's top five. It might even, it might even win a, you know, number one spot one of these years. It could be ranked number one is the three technique story. And I always like to to remind people um, because I feel good about this because it's a historic moment. I was there. I, I was there for this. Le- I was on the mic. Uh, I was there. Yeah. And Les was talking to a, a caller about the three technique. And you'll hear if you see this is one of those things like now I know you score fans. You've heard this a million times. But at one point you're going to hear a laugh, a high pitched laugh. And that's me. That won't be me now sitting here uh, laughing along with it. That's actually from me because I was there and realizing how ludicrous this call, how sideways things had had gone. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the three technique. Tommy is checking in. Tommy, how are you? Question for you. I'm confused on what a regular technique and a three technique lineman is. I'd like to explain it to me if you could. A three technique. It's something it's it's a newer type of uh, situation, but I'm going to try to uh, tell you what, what they there's different ways of describing what a three technique is. And so, I'm confused. All right. I, you know, I, all right. I, I, I've been hearing it, like, I feel like just this year, and I'm like, well, what's the difference? All right, I'm going to so, tell so. you. Three technique A-gaps. Well, basically, coaches have spent some 80-plus years trying to do different things. And what they do with the three technique, it's to try to uh, – an offense tries to move the ball 10 yards and 11 guys try to stop them, blah, blah, blah. So how do we get to cover one, cover two, three, 
quarters, man-to-man zone blitzes, stuff like that. Basically, alignment is set up for different positions along the line, and their roles are responsibilities trying to uh, do certain things. And what most people know about the three-technique defensive tackle, you know a few more of them the more you're in the NFL. And basically, the way it is set up... um, they can't agree. Different coaches have different things. There's a thing called the zero technique, and Vince Wilfork is involved with that. They have a guy named Pat Williams up there in Minnesota. He plays the one technique. The three technique, it's a 4-3 pass rushing tackle like Tommy Kelly. Does that answer that a little bit for you, Tommy? Well, it's Polkats, Tommy, by the way. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that answers my question. Yeah. I appreciate it, Robert. Sean Rogers, Kyle Williams, and Kevin Williams were all considered. And, of course, Kevin and Pat played together, and they were known as the Williams Wall up there, too. But uh, they're not together up Let there. Let me ask anyway. you a question, caller. Henry Cotto or Jerry Martin? Now you're getting silly. Take care, Tommy. See, I was there. It's a newer type of uh, situation. And, yes, I am bragging. I was there. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Like, I I guess I wasn't listening to the beginning of that call when it happened because it was just, like, towards the end where I'm like, oh, my God, what's happening? Les is so stuck right now. He is stuck in Wikipedia hell because, man – Wikipedia can put you in hell if you're trying to be linear, you know? I mean, it's linear, but, you know, okay, early days of the position, and then it's a newer type of thing. And well, I like that he starts like, well, you know, for 80 years they've been. <laughs> I know. That's the problem with it's out of, like, I like Wikipedia, but it's not exactly something you want to read from, you know? I mean, unless you could get the, the you know, little cut and paste might have helped in that case. Definitely. But, definitely. He was trying but, his best. He was trying to get him the answers as always. Oh, it was, it was beautiful. And I do wonder, like, how many people would have not stumbled through that question a little bit, a little bit in terms of, like, it wouldn't have been to that extent. But in the beauty of not like, see, Les was not willing to give up. He knew that he would not be able to, in his own words, express the definition of the three technique. You know, he no knows doubt what about it is. That. He knows what it is. He knows what's going on. He knows what he's supposed to. Do. But sometimes things like that are hard to explain. Well, you know what he does. You know, you know what he does. He's looking for the run game. He's moving the pile. He's accepting double teams. It's your three technique. But yeah, Les had to dig just a little bit, a little bit more deeply. Um, oh hell yeah! We did ask the question earlier, like right at the beginning. I, I think I threw this at Greenberg. This is a great question. Would Les have liked Justin Fields? Would Les have liked Justin Fields? And I think that the answer is yes, but I also think he would have done what he always does and he would have protected those that came before him as in you know a lot of people say that you know Justin Fields is the best running quarterback i've ever seen well bobby douglas was just as good or better a lot of people forget about bobby douglas he was the best like i don't think he would necessarily think that bobby douglas was better than justin fields as a runner but he certainly would have made sure that everybody knew that this was not unprecedented necessarily for the Bears. And, and now it is with the records, the Bears records that he set. But I, I think that's the that's what I came to, that yes, but he would have brought up other, you know, mobile quarterbacks. I said, talking about Bobby Douglas and, you know, Vince Evans, he had a rocket for an arm and he could run as well. Like, he would have protected the legacy. That's what Les does. That's what he does. And uh, that's just one tiny bit of the the beauty of the man. Molly and Haw are coming up. This has been a blast. Thank you for your, your calls today, the text messages. I'm sorry that we couldn't get to every single one of them, but you guys were spot on. Like, I loved every single call tonight. And the texts were great, too. I regret that I will not have gotten to many of those at all but that's just the way the show went you guys were great thank you to scott grobstein and kathy 
and John Greenberg and Mark Potash and Mark Carmen and Mitch Rosen came on the show. Shout outs to, to David Schuster and to Bruce Levine as well, who are in that special club of people that love the Grobber <laughs> and got the requisite amount of love back as well. Molly and Haw are coming up here in just a little bit. Got the Molly and Haw pregame show coming up in moments with Dustino. I'm Mark Grody. I hope you guys have a great day here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Technical foul on Lefrowski. His second, and he's gone. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more. What you say? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.